This is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield from The Lynn Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Michael provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. This is Mike Mansfield and Tony Shore with Wealth Puzzle Radio. Hope you're all having a, a good week and a good weekend and all is going well. Tony, you know, we recently had Easter. You and I were just sharing all the secrets of our yummy yummies that we <laughs> yep. all made. I did a I did a prime Ooh, rib and you did yeah. a ham and and the universe makes it sense. It does. Again, I would so. I would have swapped although our ham was delicious. It had a brown <laughs> sugar and honey glaze and it was spiral sure. cut before we Oh, it's oh. just it was it was oh. delicious. I'm not a big ham guy, but uh, this time this <clears throat> time out. But then you hit me with the prime rib. You're like, well, we had prime rib, of course. You had yeah, to outdo bah, me. Bah, bah. Uh, you just, <clears throat> I love that's why love you're the host though. and I'm the co-host. Prime rib is and ham. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good analogy. <laughs> it's as good as any. Uh, but no, seriously, the ham was great. How was the prime rib? Oh. Yummy, yummy, yummy. All right. <clears throat> in my little tummy. I've got this frog in my throat today, everybody. So I got to, I keep trying to clear it out. It, it, I, I don't know what the deal sure. is. I'm getting, ra- I'm getting raspy Uh-oh. on this. Well, I, I got prime rib. Maybe in my it's throat uh, allergy season. Yeah, maybe. There's definitely a lot of stuff. Yeah, going that's, around, that's but... been affecting me. I've been a little stuffed up lately and a little sneezy because of the allergy season. And then you can't, I can't really take the allergy medication because then it would be. During the show, you'd hear a lot of that. I mean, more than normal. When, more than normal. I was going to say, we, we already get some of that. When Mike gets so on his soapbox, you a, might hear that anyway, crisis. but, you know. I know. When I get into one of my, like, three to five minute rants. Yeah, it gives me time to. You're just like, you know. all right, we're going to get through this. <laughs> Is he talking for five minutes straight about taxes again? I love it. And when so you're doing like, that, I'm not yeah. sleeping, but I am thinking to myself, you're going on for five minutes about taxes, and I'm thinking, did I eat at Wendy's twice yesterday? Mm. <laughs> you in the four for four? That's a, that's a man on a budget. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <clears throat> so I try to avoid fast food. But today's show, what are we talking about? Hey, you know what? It was funny. I, I was going to start, Tony. With like the depressing Uh-oh. stuff, you know, there's a there's a big shaping up in the home health care world of all the people needing home health care yeah. and the baby boomers and the cost and the yeah, mess and mess. how horrific it, it is. is. And I was going to spend, you know, the time on the show making all of our listeners all upset, saying, how the heck am I going to deal with that mess? And then while I was sitting here, I saw something that said, hey, the Council of Economic Advisors. So this is a big group for the for the government, um, but they you know they read all of the economic tea leaves, kind of like the Federal Reserve. They just kind of came out and said, you know what? Huh? Here's here's their quote: "Stronger economic data recently signals a continuation of the three percent growth rate that has been happening for the last kind of year and a half." And I thought, what? That can't be true, Tony, because everybody on the planet has sworn by a recession coming. 
<laughs> and now they're saying, well, including you know, them. I think that, they earlier had predicted first yeah. quarter. <clears throat> oh no, no, no! You go back a handful of months, like to January of, of 2019, yeah. beginning of the year, and this group and everybody else was already like, oh man, it's all over. It's all over. The bottom's I mean, gonna the, drop the out of the market. We're gonna have another consensus recession. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even for the fourth quarter right now. They're like they're predicting like somewhere between two and a half and two point nine percent GDP, um, whereas the original forecast in January coming out of you know December being rough was like one percent. It's changed a oh, lot. Oh yeah, and that's big in the GDP when you go up to three percent growth, right? Well, it's big in the economics. Yeah. It's just you know it's big for the country. It's good for everything. I mean, here's the here's the Atlanta Federal Reserve's tracker. You know, so this is a common one that everyone uses. They estimate first quarter growth at 2.8%. I like to bring in always like the government ones because you would like in some weird theory to assume the government isn't biased to <laughs> what they or say. Or that they know what they're talking you know? about. Well, like here's JP Morgan. JP Morgan says GDP first quarter is estimated to be 2.5%, which we'll see what it is pretty quickly. But the reality is, is, you know, do the for-profit companies versus the government entities do they all read the things the same way? It's pretty close. I so. mean, two and a half and three. I mean, there there's a difference there, but yeah, no, but no, it's we're, good. we're we're right yeah. there. Well, and all of these things always have a half a percent margin of error, so they're both kind of within each other. But it goes. It speaks to something though, Tony. That's so fascinating because remember, in the beginning of the year, we start. We even talked about it because what do I do? We see the economic data. We talk about the information. We read what all the fancy people, you know, the Federal the Reserves people. and all these people are saying. The fancy people. And, um, <clears throat> and uh, I mean, what happened in the beginning of the year at the Federal Reserve? They stopped raising interest rates. For what reason? They didn't say the economy was imploding, but they said, you know what? The economic data isn't as rosy and as fancy as it used to be. And now all of a sudden we need to tread a little lighter because they were concerned about growth with the GDP. They were concerned about inflation and all of these things. And they started, um, they stopped unwinding. Well, they haven't stopped yet, but in the end of the year, they're supposed to stop unwinding, selling debt off their balance sheets and things like that. So they were already kind of ramping up for the, well, I don't know what's going to happen in the economy. So we better tread lightly. And then how many headlines do we see that said 2020 is the big R? A lot. It was all over the place for a while. It was all over the place for a while. Yeah, I just read that article right, yesterday that. in the paper uh, about uh, 2020 no longer uh, recession uh, will not happen in 2020 is what the economists are now predicting. However, however, right. you're not you're not saying that we're not going. You're not guaranteeing we won't have a, a recession next year. Well, not at all. The, the, but, it, but it speaks to the point. If anybody knew when it was happening, this would be a whole lot easier. What I can say is, and what we talk about on the show, Tony, is in the beginning of the year, following the fourth quarter of 2018, there was a lot of economic data that had softened significantly. Softening economic data starts to point towards the concept of a recession. Mm -hmm. And they even said that it would, it would initially be as a what's called an earnings recession, Meaning year over year, company earnings would start to be negative and lower than normal and things like that. And even that's starting to play out as being a lot more benign than what people thought. So we looked at this and said, okay, you know what, for, for all the, these people, the recession is starting to slowly take shape. 
And that indication could possibly be by the end of 2020 or first quarter of 2021, somewhere in there. Well, bad news bears came out to play and the economic data in the last, you know, six weeks, unfortunately, is not in the mood to support the concept of a recession. I mean, heck, it started like a month ago when you had um, unemployment claims hit like a, I don't know, a 60 or 70 year low. You're like, well, wait a second. If we're slowly drifting into a recession, normally unemployment claims is one of those things that slowly starts to increase as a positive indication of this thought. So it getting less and less and less and to all time lows is almost the polar opposite. It's going in the wrong direction. And home sales perked up with, um, with lowering interest rates. And, you know, there's just a lot going on here. Now, obviously we're, we're kind of, you know, knee deep in earnings season right now. And it's going to be fascinating to watch over the next number of weeks as the earnings of major companies come out and hopefully, 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 I got all my fingers crossed and toes and legs and arms right now that we've got some positive earnings. Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, of course, on the on the <clears throat> flip side, what does that mean? The Is the Fed still going to hold off on raising interest rates? That's the next big question. Well, <laughs> ain't that the See? irony? See you know, what I did they, there? They're kind of in, kind of turning it well, on. Well, they're its in head an interesting spot. I, I like that. That was fun. So remember, coming into this year, in 2018, coming into this year. The feds were saying that they were going to raise interest rates twice. That yep. was kind of the prediction. And then by January, it kind of went, no, oh, we're just kidding. We're not going to do that. We got gotcha. you. It was a gotcha moment. It was April Fool's. And, and it's funny because after the Federal Reserve said they weren't raising rates anymore, or, you know, what happened? All of a sudden, analysts started saying, well, see, that's right, guys. We, we told you the, the recession is coming. And now... They're predict they were rather predicting that the feds could in fact cut rates. That was the next thing where everyone was saying, well, you know, this, these fed, these fed guys, they're just going to cut rates at the end of the year because they've got to do everything they can to keep this recession under control. Well, this might be the just kidding moment shaping yeah. up again here, because if the growth rate, if the GDP maintains somewhere around the, the presidency's 3% growth targets, well, boy, that was a curveball. No one yeah. saw or maybe one, yeah. wanted coming. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, what's, what I yeah, find uh, rather amusing is the the hard and fast. It really was. We are definitely not going to raise rates now because we want to really stabilize yeah. the economy and keep it going. So with that announcement, that's what picked up. I believe the economy and the predictions for a so it's kind of like the snake eating its own tail. It's kind of cyclical or circular. Circular. It's circular yeah. because <clears throat> no. it feeds itself. Uh, they say, hey, we're not going to raise rates. We may even lower them, and that's going to boost. Okay, then people start buying homes again and, and spending money. Oh, look at this. Our economy's <laughs> booming. We're not going to hit a recession next yeah. year. So yeah. I, I think they feed itself. But now that they say the economy's not going to have a recession, and if we hit a good GDP, does that mean <laughs> the Fed come back? the Fed will come back and say, okay, now we're going to raise interest rates again which may then in turn slow the economy. So uh, it's like they have to play this game of this balance they have to try to keep. It's crazy. I know. <clears throat> no, and you're right. It is a cycle. It is, you know, let's take a break real quick. I just looked at the times. Yeah, we, we have to break. take a quick I, break. I hate to cut Tony off. He's always over talking his turn. <laughs> 
overthrew the brakes. <laughs> That's not true. See, that geez, is man. never usually me. Uh, but <clears throat> so hey, if you, if if you're listening to the show and you have questions about the economy, but more importantly about your retirement, right? That's what this is all about. This is all about the end user. How do you use this information? to make good decisions in a retirement income plan. If you don't know how you're maximizing your social security, if you don't have an income and cash flow plan, if you don't understand how to make your portfolio and your retirement income tax efficient, you need to give me a call. These are the things that we work on. These are the things that we help people with. 805-500-7035, 805-500-7035. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in a moment. Do you feel like you need help navigating your retirement? Retirement can be scary, but it doesn't have to be. With our Retirement Income Toolkit, you can get the information you need to help secure your retirement. This toolkit provides valuable information on income planning, asset allocation, tax planning, legacy planning, and more. Receive your Retirement Toolkit from The Lynn Group by visiting thelingroup.com or calling us at 805-500-7035. And welcome back to The Wealth Puzzle. I'm your co-host, Tony Shore, and our host is Michael Mansfield of The Lynn Group. And Michael, great show today so far. We're talking about no recession, question mark. That's the question we're asking today. And the experts are saying, no, now there won't be a recession the end of this year or during next year. They were predicting a recession, the big one for 2020, maybe another 2008, they said. Well, Now, uh, they're all saying, all the experts are saying, nope, the economy and the GDP is going to be strong. Uh, But then, well, that's that's the and that's the irony. And then uh, that relates to what the Fed does with the interest rates. And I think when we ended our last segment, you were talking about that. Yeah. So that's the problem is right now, economic data is defying. It's defying this whole (laughs) crisis thing that was shaping up a few months ago where they said, that's it, guys. Longest bull market ever. The stock market's at all time highs. It is all over from here based on a bunch of you know horrific policies and blah, 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 blah. You know what's funny about it, though, Tony, is I think that the Federal Reserve is certainly a piece of the problem. And when you go back in time, the Federal Reserve wasn't so, we'll say, outspoken. They weren't constantly doing interviews and releasing information and blah, right. blah, 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 blah. They were kind of like the, the silent group of people. You know, their job is to read those economic tea leaves and, and kind of steer the boat or drive the car or whatever analogy that you want of saying, hey, is the economy running hot? Is it not? Should we raise rates? Should we lower rates? And in the good old days, they kind of did this stuff, we'll say, subtly behind the scenes. And over the years... They become more and more prominent with talking to everybody and telling everybody and whining to everybody about exactly what they're doing and exactly what they're thinking and what they might do in the future. And what you've done is you've created a society of people, a society of investors that are fed dependent. They're, 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 they're fed addicts. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm, gonna, I'm trying to come up with something here on the, on the fly here. It's, it's going to sh- take shape. <laughs> You'll get it eventually. You know, they've been injecting the Fed, you know, into their arm and they don't They're know what fed to do. up. And so that's a big. <laughs> that's a good one. That's got to be a bumper sticker. Fed we got to figure that out. <laughs> We're, what are the interest and, rates going to do? We're fed up. Huh? That's true. There's your bumper sticker right but there, buddy. I like it. Boom. 
Can we copyright that on the sure. air so no one steals it that's from us? Copyright right now. It's copyrighted. So, but that's kind of the problem is the feds are so outspoken that people hang on their information. So instead of just trying to make informed investment decisions, people are just trying to make decisions around what they think federal policy is. And I think that to be fair, that's really skewed over the years with the whole premise, the concept of investing is all about um, not being you know, data dependent of what the Fed is doing. Um, you know, the Fed is just here to, we'll say, regulate the economy, keep us in a constant growth rate. You know, their target is like, I don't know, 2.1% or something like that. And so if, if the economy is running at 3%, they'd say that's, you know, running a little too much and they'll raise rates to try to control it. And if it runs too slow, the lower rates, but it's become this thing where everybody just sits around waiting. Well, what's the fed person going to say? And if they don't like what they say, then Congress holds a hearing and calls them in and asks them 6,000 questions to try to get, you know, it's like, they're supposed to be kind of like the wizard of Oz. Like, isn't there someone just kind of behind the cloak trying to make, unbiased informed decisions guess not <laughs> so anyways wizard of oz reference yeah, yeah. wow Ooh, you're working boy, it all in we, today where do we go from yeah. here man well i you know obviously it's interesting because my wife and i have been looking at possibly either a refinancing our house or b buying a new home or a new place i thought you were gonna say like move to Costa Rica to or something. well the weather might be better uh, you never know. Uh, we might be visiting you in Ventura soon. Uh, but uh, the thing is, you know, we have to look at the interest rates. And so it all ties into how yeah. people spend money. And, you know, how's the economy going to do? That'll affect our jobs, our raises. When the economy's in the tanker, the companies might not do well. They might not give us our raise next year. So we have to look ahead and say, where are we going to be at in a year from now? And we have to play this little right. roundabout game with the Fed and then the economists and the economy. You know, what's going to happen? So nobody has a crystal ball, unfortunately. But, you know, you can hedge against your bets, put money aside. <clears throat> if, you know, if it's a decent rate, I say, you know, we if it's 3% or 4% on a house loan, that's not bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's the irony of interest rates, Tony. I've seen this over the years. I remember when, you know, a decade ago when interest rates were falling, you know, you could get a 5% and then you could get a 45 and then you could get a 4 and then you could get a 3 And as they were going down, you know, it was such a smoking deal and there was such a, a big booming business of refinancing properties at these lower and lower and lower and lower rates. And then something funny happened. Interest rates started going up a little bit. And I remember people coming into my office and saying, oh, you know, I was going to refi, but, you know, the rates are at four and a half percent. That sounds awfully high. I'm like, what are you talking about? When they fell originally to four and a half percent, everybody thought this was the world's most smokinest deal. Isn't it funny that when they're going down, it's a great deal. But when they go back up to that rate, it's a horrible deal. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, it's such a, a perception issue. But yeah, you know, any rate under 5% is a fantastic deal on a mortgage. In the good old days, you know, my mama and papa, they they share these wild stories of when interest rates were 12, 13, 15%. Yeah. 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 Oh, you know, yeah. Back was, in the eight, was, early 80s. Holy cow. Mid 80s. Oh, sure. Wow. Well, interest rates were skyrocketing. Well, that's when. 17%. I know. It's crazy. But CDs were also paying 15%. So yeah. Yeah. Everything's relative. It's good all around. 
but how does all this relate to, to us? What do we need to do to make sure our savings, our money that we're setting aside for retirement is going to be there when we need it? Yeah. You know, Tony, it's all about individual accountability. We've been talking about the economy, the recession, the Federal Reserve, interest rates. We talked about a lot of big ticket things. And what all this feeds back to with the end user is it's accountability. See, it doesn't matter if there's a recession next year or not. If you're already not doing the right thing with your situation, if you're not saving money, if you're not working on retirement, if you're not managing your debt and managing your health and all of these different things, then it doesn't matter what's happening on the big scheme of things because you're screwed. Jeez, that was abrupt and rude, <laughs> but that, that's the reality is there's so much that you have to do and you have to look at these big ticket headline things, the economy, all this stuff and make sure that everything that you're doing makes sense to you. Are you reserving enough money in an emergency fund? Are you properly investing the right amount of money to have the right amount of savings that you need in retirement? Have you looked at the projections of your income and social security and things like that? Are you getting an annual physical and taking care of yourself? Holy cow, the healthcare costs in retirement can be overwhelming if you don't take care of yourself. I mean, that's what we, actually what we we're going to talk about today. We didn't get there. So you need to be making sure that you are on pace for individual accountability. If anybody turns on the news in the last year, there's been a huge conversation about what they call the retirement crisis. Not enough people have enough resources to be able to care for themselves when they finally have to exit the workforce. This is a massive problem, Tony. We, I mean, we talk about this all the time. And what it means is, is that everybody needs to be proactive. Everybody needs to say, hey, look, the government's not going to take care of me. My parents aren't going to take care of me. My kids aren't going to take care of me. I need to do what I can do to take care of myself. I mean, that is just hands down step one, what needs to be sorted out. If you haven't laid this out on paper, if you don't understand a lot of the obvious things, just even a balance sheet of your situation, but look, one of the most common things that I do with people in early meetings is I give them an expense worksheet. I make you go home. You get homework when you come see me. You know, and this homework makes you fill out what are your expenses? Where is your money going? You know, are we just squandering on all the way? Are there ways that we can save money and be more efficient? What are the things that you can do just from your internal cash flow on a daily basis? I'm not one of those people, Tony, that's going to tell you to just get rid of your $2 cup of coffee. You know, that's like, you ever read those like budget articles, Tony? And every, every number one, stop drinking right. Starbucks. You know, that's true and that's relevant. But you know what? At the end of the day, that's just petty. You know, if you're so if you're so tight that the the Starbucks coffee is the thing that's sinking the ship, you probably got bigger issues. You know, and the reality is, is I, depending on your age and your situation, you got to be thinking about education and retooling yourself and getting to the next level and asking the boss for a raise and all the things that you can do to progress. I mean, get the side hustle going. You know, Tony drives Uber on the weekends, don't you? <laughs> no, I don't. What? Why not? Why not? You, oh, 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 it's because you can't fit enough people in a Ferrari. I get it. <laughs> no, Jeez, that's yeah, people people would love that. That'd be like Uber Black, wouldn't it? <laughs> Get the nice ride. But look, you know, I'm not trying to sit here from a pulpit and hassle everybody today, but the reality is is accountability doesn't exist in society. 
And it's so easy because of the demands of society to like move sideways. You have to be motivated. You have to get to the next level and you got to make your assets work for you. I mean, this is huge. I mean, I'm talking like in vagueness today, Tody, but the, but the point is that is when you come in to see me, it's very hard for me to do a lot for people that don't have any assets, don't have any resources, don't have anything. Um, obviously I can give you advice and counsel on how to have a budget and how to clean up your credit and, and very nice things like that. But the reality is, is you need to be hustling. If you don't have the resources to take care of yourself, step one is figuring out how to get them instead of possibly hoping it just all works out. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't so, just rely on wishful thinking. You have to have a, a written plan in place and that's what you do for people, right? It's totally true. And so, and there's really two tiers of that with my retirees. We have a written plan that helps them understand where all their income's coming from. Therefore, how we're investing their money, you know, cause I don't use the income money in a plan for, you know, stock market money, but the money that we don't need to use for driving income, we have it in the stock market. And so I have a plan that's very specific to my clients to say, here's the money we're using for income. Here's the money we're using in the stock market. Here's our tax liability. Here's how much is projected for next year. Here's our cost of living adjustment with social security. It's a very detailed plan for a retiree to have a lot of confidence in their resources and situation. For the younger folks that come see me, Tony, it's kind of the opposite. What we're doing is more mathematical financial planning, meaning looking forward and saying, how much money do we need someday to be able to pull off this event? And then really backing up the numbers and calculations and hedging for inflation and taxes to say, here's what we need to be doing now in order to have any attempt of landing there someday. So there are different plans for different age groups, but everybody needs one. If you don't know what you're working towards, you know, life can kind of feel like a death march. You know, you're, I know I'm supposed to save my money and be good and do, 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 and someday it's going to be okay. But we got to put it on paper. If we project this stuff out and show you how it's shaping up to be, that would give you a huge amount of peace of mind. So that's what I do. Retirement income planning, bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> there the you go. Well, we're out of time for today's show. Why don't you let our listeners know really quick before we go how to get a hold of you? Absolutely. So give us a call. That's the easiest way. 805-500-7035. That's 805-500-7035. You can always visit one of our websites. Our main website for the company is thelindgroup.com. Lind is L-Y-N-D. Um, we have a radio show website, with it, which is wealthpuzzleradio.com. That's a great place to sign up for the podcast and obviously get a hold of us that way, too. And then once again, we're located smack dab on Victoria Avenue in the middle of Ventura. We're easy to find, easy to get to, close to both freeways. So that's kind of it for the day. I hope everyone enjoyed the conversation and we will certainly be back the same time, same place next week. Wow. Sounds great. That does it for today's episode of The Wealth Puzzle with our host, Michael Mansfield. Thank you for listening to The Wealth Puzzle. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Michael Mansfield at The Lind Group. Call 805-500-7035 or visit them online at thelindgroup.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone.
Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by the Lynn Group Advisors LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of California. Insurance products and services are offered through the Lynn Group LLC. The Lynn Group LLC and the Lynn Group Advisors LLC are not affiliated companies. Lynn Group LLC, the Lynn Group Advisors LLC, and Michael Mansfield are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.